Wait on your knees. Don't touch that dial. You want to hear this? It's about sex. Night Moves, a sex talk show full of information, interviews, and inquiries. Each week we bring you current research and sexuality, a guest interview. After that, we'll answer questions from listeners like you. I'm your host, Ann Hardy. As a registered nurse, I talk to male patients about erectile dysfunction. I'm Kay Crow, ASEX certified sex therapist in private practice and local sexpert to those who are curious. I'm Ray, your friendly man about town. I'm a guy who's been around the block a bunch of times, and I'm here to share opinions to help get you laid and keep you safe. Welcome to Night Moves, an exploration of contemporary sexuality. This week, we're exploring how to explore your inner kink. Our guests are Chaos and Ritz Cracker, two kinksters that will share with us their ideas of how to explore your inner kink. And then we answer your questions from email. Welcome to Night Moves, an exploration of contemporary sexuality. This week, we're exploring how to explore your inner kink. Kink has gone mainstream over the last few years with the availability of erotica and other adult media. There's many types of kink and some require a degree of skill. According to the 2015 Sexual Exploration in America, this study reports that 22% of sexually active adults participate in role-playing and 20% like to be tied up and or spanked. So kink doesn't have an actual medical definition, but kink generally refers to erotic practices outside the commonly considered acts. And the common acts of lovemaking are... Loving touch, talk, kissing, masturbation, oral sex, intercourse, penetration. But kink can actually be anything that moves away from those traditional sex practices. Yeah, and I wonder who determines what's kinky and what's not. I think it's very subjective. Because, for example, anal sex might be kinky to one person, but not to another. It's all about the level of taboo that you place on it as a person, I would suppose, is to the, right. I imagine that's directly correlated to how kinky you feel in that moment. Right. Kink is all about fantasy. Role-playing is one example. Fetishes are where a person takes a non-sexual object and or makes it sexual. Common fetishes are feet, rubber and leather, or diaper play. I once took a trip with my partner who had a foot fetish. We went to Paris, and the majority of his photographs were of women's feet in high heels. <laughs> Another example is voyeurism, or watching someone else have sex. Exhibitionism is enjoying being watched having sex. Having sex in public is one form of exhibitionism. 10% of women and 19% of men have participated in group sex, which includes threesomes, sex parties, and orgies. 
When some people think about kink, what they're thinking about is BDSM. It stands for Bondage, Discipline, Submission, and Masochism. And this is a power play in a negotiated party with some of the parties being dominant and the others submissive. BDSM doesn't necessarily translate to the sexual pantheon. However, a lot of people incorporate it in their play and it's very easily and I've seen it very well done. (laughs) So Fifty Shades of Grey, which isn't really a good example, did bring BDSM mainstream. I don't know. Some people in the BDSM world would disagree with that. Yeah, they probably people into BDSM would think it's like not even near. Even well, it's as a much misrepresent- as I knew a BDSM, uh, that's not the way. Yeah, it's a complete right. misrepresentation. The Journal of Sexual Medicine reports that kink has health benefits. They found that practitioners of BDSM are less neurotic, they're confident, and more open to new experiences, and they're less rejection sensitive. It creates a relationship of closeness and intimacy. One of the best definitions I've heard of BDSM is wrapping intimacy in very scary paper. Ooh, I like that a lot. <laughs> that is good. So there's been a lot of there's been a lot of thought therapeutically about BDSM. Didn't they reclassify that in the DSM? They did. They did. They they took it out of being a paraphilia and added the consent piece to it. If it's something that somebody participates in consensually, then it's fine. If you have an interest in kink, but don't know where to start, it all begins with consent. And this is where it is safer to say yes means yes, rather than no means no. Also, stop means stop. Safe words are no joke. They're set up during negotiations between partners who engage in kink, they are meant to protect each other from crossing each other's hard boundaries. And along with respecting those safe words, the yes means yes with, and the, and the stop means stop. You also have to be able to take care of your partners afterwards. Aftercare is just as important as the act itself. Could you give us an example of aftercare? Well, for people who engage in impact play or high-intensity play, uh, afterwards they need to be destimulated. They need to have, you know, be spoken to softly in a lot of cases, covered with a blanket, you know, given water and their basic needs attended to while they their body recuperates. You know, you got to let them enjoy that high that you worked really hard to bring them to. And that is... Is that the person that receives the BDSM or is that the person doing it? Well, it depends. Uh, both both ends of both a giver and a receiver of, of high intensity play are both going to need something in the end. You know, one may need the destimulation and the other may need a different form of it. And how does sex fit into that? Well, it can be used as a reward system to get what somebody wants. It can be negotiated as a punishment (laughs) i don't know it's all about how the individuals that are participating feel about the sex maybe they don't like sex to begin with if you want to explore kink think about the things that feel exciting or maybe a little scary give yourself permission to do naughty things but try it with a trusted partner or friends 
I wouldn't recommend strangers, and it could make your relationship much closer. So, do y'all have any closing thoughts? I think kink has the potential to take you and your partners on quite a journey. Safe travels. Yes means yes. Stop means stop. And if you just want to try something new, maybe spice up your relationship a little bit, take a class, read a book, watch a video, and step into the dark side a little bit. Stay tuned. Coming up next, our guest, Chaos and Ritz Cracker. They're kinksters that are going to share with us how to explore your inner kink. And then we answer questions from email. Check out our podcast at www.mixcloud.com slash nightmovesksym. Have a burning question for the hosts of Night Moves? We'll answer it on the air. Names will not be disclosed, but we'd like your gender and age range. Email your questions to nightmovesksym at gmail.com. Night Moves, your only alternative for sex, information. Welcome to Night Moves, an exploration of contemporary sexuality. I have here's my guest, Chaos and Ritz Cracker. Chaos is into flogging, BDSM, and being a submissive. Ritz Cracker tops or dominates, and he loves whips. Welcome to Night Moves, Chaos and Ritz. Thanks for having us. It's happy to be here. We have here. a great time. <laughs> Our topic tonight is exploring your inner kink. So I'd like to start off asking you, how do you define kink? I find kink is anything that is not what we refer to as a social norm sex for sexuality. Um, you know, it's not missionary or, you know, cowgirl or even doggy style. It's going above and beyond. Someone once said kink to me was um, a fetish is using a feather. Kink is using the whole chicken, um, <laughs> which you shouldn't do because chickens can't consent. But <laughs> <laughs> poor chicken. Oh, no. I, I definitely agree with what Ritz said. It is definitely something that is outside of the norm. It's that thing in the dark in the night that raises goosebumps on your skin. Can you give me like a few examples of what you think of as kink? What kind of behavior? Bondage would be a really great way to ask a kink. Um, any form of restraint or uh, manipulation of mind or body. Use of sex toys is considered kinky as a very very low level kink and something like those Tupperware party sex things are kinky those are those women are getting together and enjoying learning about sex together and I think that's what kink is is it's an enjoyment and pleasure in the outside of the norm the standard missionary man and woman I always find things that are kinky or the things that arouse you but maybe you don't want to talk about those things you know you you're ashamed that you got harder wet 
when you saw something and and maybe it's scary those things that you may not want to tell like oh i saw this thing and i got really aroused but i'm kind of ashamed of it or i was afraid of it that's that's probably kinky for you and it's that shame comes from social construct and what is what is normal and what is considered moral we're not those people (laughs) we're not those people we look at things outside the norm and find beauty and fun and it's a part of our everyday life. Power exchanges is very kinky and is very exciting to have to have your partner fully submit, give over all the trust to say, I trust you to do X to me and you're not going to physically harm me or injure me or emotionally scar me in any way is thrilling. It's exciting. It's exhilarating. And to be able to give over that kind of trust and give over to that level of power and I trust him with my life. And that's a big part of our power exchange. And and that's a very big kink for me. People who are kinky, I like to call us the enlightened ones. In kink, you learn to play with brain chemicals. And, you know, everyone reads, you know, reading about endorphin play and things like that. And if you've never experienced it, that endorphin play gives you the ability, like your body is, is new. You've, you've reached this whole nother le- uh, level of enlightenment. It, it changes things and you don't look at certain things the same way anymore. I teach a class called Ethical Bratting, and it's all about finding consent in bratting because you have a lot of people who say, well, I'm just a brat. That's just who I am. And they're unkind. They are violating people's consent by acting the way that they're acting and going, but it's fine because it's my kink and I'm a brat. and blah. I'm sassy and I will sass him and we have a great back and forth. You ever want to hear us just kind of snip at each other and, and giggle and everyone's like, oh, she's such a brat. He's a brat too. Or I'm a reverent. I am a not sanctimonious nothing is safe for me <laughs> from me is it physical um, or it's, just no no i am not about physical bratting that is something for other people for me it's mostly and and like i s- said i don't really think of it as role playing because it, it's very much a big part part of my personality that i just let shine through so more it's like being on a riff with your man and you're being sarcastic exactly and sassy. Uh, exactly and it it comes out but it happens very publicly sometimes and that's when it's fun because that's when i'm pushing the boundaries of our dynamic i get to look at him and go how far is my daddy or my master or whatever term I'm calling him that day because he's my husband, master, daddy, sir person. All <laughs> all the different dynamics in one relationship. Here we go. <laughs> all in one. More all for your money. He, he, he is that for me. And uh, and so it's fun to get to push those limits occasionally and, and see how far he's going to let me go. But it also lets me, I'm never mean. I don't want to be mean. I want it to be fun. And that is the big difference, I think, between the people who I think are not doing bratting the way that it should be done and and the way that I prefer to be a brat. I want things to be fun and consensual. And they mostly want to be a jerk. They mostly just want to be a jerk. (laughs) It's it's, you're not a brat, you're a jerk. So for someone who's new and they're not really sure what their kink might be, or maybe they just wanted to spice up their relationship, what advice would you give them to how to begin and to explore their inner kink i would say exploring your inner kink try spanking honestly right off the top no no toys no nothing barehanded spanking is a really great place to start because it's going to show you how much power you use it's going to show the submissive 
what level of pain they like because I, I personally, I don't like getting spanked. It's very stingy and it's not fun for me, but maybe they like it. That's where I would start. Start small, start slow, build. I think bondage is a really another simple and easy way to get into kink. And it doesn't just have to be what you would may consider top or bottom. Both partners should try it to feel what it's like to surrender yourself in a sexual experience. I know a lot of really tough masculine men who like to be tied down during sex. But then again, but they'll tie their bottoms down for a beating. So it's different. And it, that's also a great way to see who is who. I, I'm a top, but am I? Do I know what that's like when I'm new? I'm a bottom. Okay. It, it, it's not about, it's not gender conforming top, bottom. It's it's all about it's who you are. And that gives you the ability to decide that. And for our listeners, could you define one more time what top and bottom is? Top would be the the dominant or the master, so to speak, where bottom would be the submissive or slave. So top would be in control. The person giving is the top and the person receiving is the bottom. Yes. Because that doesn't necessarily mean dominant or submissive because Correct. you are the bottom for a blowjob. <laughs> Am I? You are receiving the blowjob. But if I've ordered you to do it. I'm topping you with a blowjob. I don't think it. you are. But I'm if I'm making you do it. <laughs> Have y'all thought about stand-up? <laughs> <laughs> we have been told a lot that our classes are really fun to watch just because we... Those are the moments. That's when it's... I'm topping you with a blowjob yep. and I'm being bratty. And <laughs> I'd like to switch gears a little bit. There's several research studies, particularly in the Journal of Sexual Medicine, that reports that kink has health benefits. I myself suffer from uh, some mental health issues and... I definitely know that when I get to partake in kink more frequently, I am a less anxious person because I'm getting needs met. I'm also playing with, I'm messing with my brain chemicals. Some of the things that we do are very, very cathartic. And so kink allows me to let go of the stresses of work and the stresses of my day-to-day life and process those emotions and process all that pent-up energy and stress And so I can definitely agree that it's maybe not physically, but mentally definitely better for good for you. As as a top or dominant type person, I want control. And I have and when I have that after a scene, after a period of of participating in it or whatever we're doing, you come out more relaxed. So whatever the stress of the day is and your anxiety, exactly. It's gone. You've you know, you you've exerted all that energy out and you can if you're top side you can take all that uh pent up stress anxiety and put it out on your bottom in a you know safe sane and consensual way i went to london wanted to interview a bdsm master and he goes yeah i'll do the interview but i'm gonna have an all-day workshop come to that that way you'll kind of understand more and i'm like and i'm like "Eh, not quite my cup of tea but i'm gonna be a good sport and we learned impact play i picked up that flogger and i tell you what it was like power (laughs) (laughs) what i really noticed that was really impressed me was at the end of the day the ones that participated in the impact play that did the spanking or the whips at the end of the day they were really spacey high and i'm like ooh, i'd like to know what that feels like it's definitely a very spacey high 
it's definitely a very spacey high. It's like you're floating is very much what that feeling is. There's a feeling of floating. Afterwards, it's 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 sexy and it's hot and it, it's fun. We've had a great discussion today and I've really learned a lot. What are your closing thoughts? Try everything. Get out into your community. Go online and do research. Use FetLife. FetLife.com is an absolutely wonderful, wonderful resource to find your local community, to get involved, to find classes. That would be my greatest advice for new people is try everything, make good choices, and go forward cautiously. Learn the first thing off what negotiation is. Negotiate your scenes. Understand what you're getting into and where you want to go with it and what you want out of it. Because once you do it and if you like it, it, it becomes who you are. And that's it's life-changing and experiencing. So, you know, find it and do it. How do people contact you if they want more information? You can find me on Instagram as Sailor Chaos or on FetLife as His Girl Chaos. Chaos is K-A-O-S. I'm happy to answer any questions. I'm on FetLife at Ritz Cracker. Uh, Cracker spelled with a K, uh, two Ks. Um, very important there. You can also find me on Instagram at Ritz Cracker Whips and Facebook at Ritz Cracker Whips. It's been great. Thanks so much for being on Night Moves. Thank, Thank you. you. Coming up next, the hosts will answer emails from the listeners. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Night Moves, an exploration of contemporary sexuality. And we're talking about sex, all kinds of sex, some serious, some lighthearted. And then we answer questions that our listeners send in from email. Send us an email. Let us know what you think about the show. Check out our podcast at www.mixcloud.com slash nightmovesksym. Like us on Facebook, Night Moves Now. Next questions and comments. Questions and comments. The question is from a female in her 20s. My long-distance boyfriend wants us to make a sex tape. He said that way he can enjoy me when he's far away. But I'm not sure. And I wonder if you think it's too risky as far as it getting out. Like farmer employers, it can be posted anywhere on various Facebook. Yeah, I recommend that if you and your boyfriend want to make a sex tape that you actually do it with an actual videotape. And then you can keep possession of a physical videotape. It's less likely to be exploited. And being is that he's recommending being in the tape, you have a 50% less chance of being exploited <laughs> from him. Right. If it's in digital media, you never know what's going to happen with it. You cannot protect it. There's no safe place for your digital video in this era that I can think of. I would say beware. You never know where it could pop up. But hey, if you do make a digital video, please send it to our show so I can edit it and give you reviews. Well, I was going to suggest um, this isn't foolproof by any means, but if you really want to make a sex tape, wear a mask or something that disguises your identity, you know, unless you have obvious tattoos or markings on your body, nobody's going to be able to recognize you. If you feel safe, it's it's difficult to disguise someone.
completely. And sexy photos are the same way, by the way. Digital media, I can't recommend it as being safe. So a great alternative for sexy photos is to actually buy an old Polaroid. So your answer is, is it too risky about getting out? Yeah, it's pretty risky. Again, send them to our show, though. The question is from a female in her 30s. Is the G-spot still popular? Your mom's is. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was just an open one right there. (laughs) I don't hear about it much anymore and not really sure it exists. (laughs) What does it do and is it worth trying to find it? I meant to look up this study. I have it somewhere on my computer. But there, there was a, a research study done. It was a meta-analysis. This guy looked up 60 years worth of research done on the G-spot. And it was all very small samples, very few women. And the, the results were indicated that there is no spot, so to speak. And basically, anatomically, what we're talking about is a point in the pelvis where three nerves come together. And that's what women find erotic, but not all women. And isn't there some erectile tissue right around that area? There is some erectile tissue around the urethra, and that was commonly thought of as the G-spot, what do they call it, the urethral sponge in women. But once again, the results of responsiveness were inconsistent. And here's another caveat. If you try to make yourself expel fluid, what some people call ejaculation, they have found that women who pursue that too readily can make their bladders prolapse. Oh, that's horrible. Mm -hmm. It's a big, painful surgery to correct it. Yeah, so if you naturally expel fluid, fine, enjoy it. If you, and if you, don't like that response you can you can learn to inhibit that response but why would you want to inhibit pleasure maybe we don't hear about it much anymore because we're not listening enough i remember when the book came out about it the graffenberg spot everyone was trying to find it a new path to orgasm well i mean if 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 in the end the damn thing is a myth how much self-esteem has been lost over that the question is from a male in his 20s How much do you ask your female sex partner about her past partners? And how much should I tell her about my past before sex? Is your partner really good at sex? And do you really want to know how they got that way? Really? Do you see a future with this person? Is it a one night stand? I mean, I think that's going to determine how much you're going to talk about past partners. And some couples, even if they stay together for years, they may or may not talk about that stuff. It's all around their comfort level with transparency. Here's what you need to know, dude, that they are clean and disease free, that they love you and that they feel good. And they're willing to have sex with you. Right. It just seems like this is purely an ego driven question. I mean, what good is it really going to do you to know whether you were second in line or 173rd? Good point. I only know this because I was 172. I think if you're in a serious relationship, you may discuss some aspect of it, but the person you present to the person you care about is who you are. You are the person you are today because of the experiences you've had, because of the relationships you've had. It's There's nothing to regret. 
there's nothing to, you know, play down or minimize or apologize for. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about sex, baby. Have a burning question for the hosts of Night Moves? We'll answer it on air. Names will not be disclosed, but we'd like your gender and age range. Email your questions to nightmovesksym at gmail.com. Catch up on past episodes on mixcloud.com slash nightmovesksym. Like us on Facebook, Night Moves Now. Check out our podcast at www.mixcloud.com slash nightmovesksym. Good night. And I hope you find yourself in bed with a book you love or someone who's already read one. Hey, y'all. Have a great night. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, but if you're going to do it, do it safe. Good night. Have a fabulous week. And tune in next week to Night Moves. Exploration of Contemporary Sexuality. You're listening to Night Moves, exploration of contemporary sexuality. I wonder how many times you had sex and I wonder, do you know who'll be next? I wonder, I wonder, wonder I